Hello and welcome to The Grove Zone. You have tuned into the podcast of the Union Grove Missionary Baptist Church of Warner Robins, Georgia. At Union Grove, we are learning, serving, giving, and connecting under the leadership of our senior pastor, Dr. David Anthony Clark, Sr. For more information on Union Grove, find us on the web at www. Dot the grovewr.org. And now, here's a word from the Lord. This entire series, uh, as we journey through the book of Deuteronomy, uh, is in, uh, we, we've taken the word here and made an acronym. The word here, we made an acronym. The, the series title uh, is basically here, holy, uh, holy, engaged, and anointed to reign. And uh, this word goes out to Particular, particularly our younger generation, but I need everybody to listen. Nobody's being left out. No one's being left out. Deuteronomy chapter 6, verses 1 through 5. Deuteronomy 6, verses 1 through 5. And it goes without saying that we've had an interesting week this past week. Lord, have mercy. My God. Deuteronomy chapter 6, verses 1 through 5. Now these are the commandments, the statutes, and the judgments which the Lord your God commanded to teach you that ye might do them in the land whither ye go to possess it, that thou mightest fear the Lord thy God to keep all his statutes and his commandments, which I command thee, thou and thy son, and thy son's son, all the days of thy life, and that thy days may be prolonged. Hear therefore, O Israel, and observe to do it, that it may be well with thee, And that ye may increase mightily as the Lord God of thy fathers hath promised thee in the land that floweth with milk and honey. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. And thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thine heart, with all thy soul, and with all thy might. Amen. Amen. Today, this first installment of this sermon series as we journey through the book of Deuteronomy. Uh, again, the sermon series is entitled Here, Holy, Engaged, and Anointed Terrain. This first sermon, this first installment in this series is entitled You're About to Go In. You're About to Go In. Deuteronomy was mostly written by Moses. Moses, as you may well remember, was the one chosen by God to lead the children of Israel out of their slavery in Egypt. Deuteronomy is Moses talking to Israel at the end of their wandering in the wilderness for the past 40 years. He is reviewing what God has done on their behalf and what God expects them expects of them once they enter Canaan, the land he promised to give them. Canaan is a land flowing with milk and honey. It has vineyards none of these folks have be, have planted. There are plenty of opportunities for all of them to prosper. The way Canaan is described, it sounds like it's better than living in Atlanta, Miami, New York City, or even Hawaii. Imagine the dream place you want to live. Canaan is better than that. You want a home on the beach? Canaan is better than that. You want a condo downtown in a major metropolitan city like Warner Robins, where, 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 you know, where all the action is? Canaan is better than that. Elon Musk, the founder of Tesla, is now the richest man in the world. His net worth is just shy of 190 billion with a B dollars. 190 
billion dollars. Guess what he wants to do with all that wealth, Jimmy? He wants to take his wealth and build cities on Mars. Not exaggerating. Not making it up. I'm not playing make-believe. He literally wants to use his wealth to colonize Mars and, and, and encourage human interplanetary travel. No matter how awesome any city he might build on Mars, Canaan is better than that. Canaan, y'all, is fire. Canaan is the bomb. Canaan is dope, off the chain, off the heasiest, all that and a bag of chips and a case of chocolate-covered nutter butter peanut butter cookies. Canaan, the promised land, is waiting for the children of Israel to come in and occupy it. But everyone Moses is talking to here in Deuteronomy ain't going in. Moses himself ain't going in. As the children of Israel were wandering in the wilderness, they ran out of water a couple times. One of those times, God told Moses to speak to a rock and water would come gushing out of the rock to replenish the water that had been depleted. Moses was so angry with the children of Israel, instead of speaking to the rock, he struck it. As a consequence, God denied him entry into Canaan. The Lord told him it was because he didn't trust God to display his holiness in that instance. He was allowed to see Canaan, but entering was out of the question. The older saints ain't going in. God had already told them to, uh, to go in years ago, and they didn't believe he could help them take it. Moses had sent 12 spies in, sent 12 spies into Canaan to do some reconnaissance. Ten of the spies returned and reported that it couldn't be done. They couldn't take Canaan. There were giants there, and there was no way Israel could defeat them. So they didn't budge, although two of the spies, Joshua and Caleb, said God could help them beat the giants, but... Israel didn't budge. They just stayed where they were and complained how the Lord hated them and that he brought them out of Egypt to destroy them. Their distrust, their rebellion, their complaining angered God to the point where he denied that generation entrance into the promised land. The Lord told them, y'all, he told them, Elder Reagan, their children would possess Canaan and their children would grow and their children's children and their great-grandchildren would, would possess and enjoy Canaan. So those children would, who, 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 that, that God referred to would, had grown up in the wilderness over the years, and now they're adults in the assembly. And Moses addresses uh, them in this book of Deuteronomy. The younger generation are the ones who are about to go in and occupy Canaan. So the book of Deuteronomy is the OG, the, the, the original gangster, the the, the one of God, Moses, empowering the younger generation to conquer and keep Canaan. It is an exhortation to a crowd that's still on the come up. They're still trying to get it. Deuteronomy is for young leaders like Joshua and Caleb who, who will assume major responsibility for leading this nation of Israel to its God-ordained destiny. Deuteronomy is for a young generation of people who are still on the come up. They're still in elementary, middle, high school. They're on the honor roll at Miller in Morningside. They're cheerleaders at Rutland, Fagan Middle, Warner Robins High, and, and veterans. Yeah, they're, they're at that stage. They're, they're at that stage. They're senior. They're in their senior year playing basketball for Northside. They're at that age where they're enduring undergrad, grinding in graduate school, and newly married with young families. 
You look out among the crowd to whom Moses speaks and you marvel at how so many of them are in their 20s and 30s and 40s and maybe even in their 50s. If they join Union Grove, they'd be checking out uh, Foundation, our elementary school students. They'd be checking out the Champions in Truth, our middle school champions. The Champions in, in Detour, our high school students, or Flavor, our young adults who are, are, are ages 19 to 35. They'd, may, maybe they'd be checking out the Motivators who are ages 36 to 59. They'd, they'd be checking out that crowd. They're, they're at that age. They're at that age where Deuteronomy targets this generation that's about to go into the promised land. They're still trying to climb corporate ladders. They're, they're young NCOs and staff NCOs, Minister Freeman. They're, they're E1s, they're E7. They're, they're young lieutenants, maybe some young captains, maybe maybe a couple of young E8s or E9s. They're, 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 they're GS7s and GS9s. Maybe Maybe a few of them live long enough to be GS-12s and, or maybe one or two 13s. They're, they're a younger crowd, y'all. They, they don't vibe to Gladys or Patty. They vibe to Megan and Cardi. They don't get down to the mighty OJs or even new edition, first lady. They have their AirPods, they have their AirPods pumping Gucci and the baby. Deuteronomy targets primarily a generation, a young generation that's on the come up. Deuteronomy is Moses primarily telling young folks on the come up, young folks climbing the ladder of success to hear God. And he and he alone is God and to love him with their whole being. No matter how prosperous they would become in Canaan, they were to always live by this. Hear God. He and he alone is God and to love God with their whole being. This is what God wants me to tell all of you, especially everybody in our church who is still on the come up. All of you who are still trying to get it. Still getting degrees and licenses and promotions and certifications. Still grinding on the J-O-B. Hear God. He and he alone is God. And love God with your whole being. To all of you in elementary, middle, high school, college, flavor, younger motivators. Hear God. He and he alone is God. And love him with your whole being. You're about to go in. Canaan belongs to you. God has ordained for you to be blessed and to have life and have it more abundantly. Canaan belongs to you. A place God has reserved for you. A, a place God says belongs to you. It's, it's a lifestyle of blessing that comes from him. Canaan belongs to you. If you believe, if you believe that, then declare Canaan belongs to me. And I'm about to go in. You're about to go in. But the truth is, the truth is you need some help. You need some help. Every generation, please hear me, y'all. Every generation is expected to have better lives than their parents up until now. I need flavor and everyone who has yet to graduate high school to hear what I'm about to say. There is research, and I've shared this with y'all before. There's research that shows that you, this younger crowd, millennials, will be the first generation to have it worse than your parents. According to some experts, you are less likely than previous generations to own your own home. You are less likely to accumulate wealth. According to some projections, by the time you're 30 years old, you're probably going to earn less income than your parents did when they were 30. You're on the come up and swimming upstream. And many are saying the odds are stacked against you. If you're going to prosper with such challenges, you will need some help. And one thing God has provided to help you is a mosaic voice. 
a mosaic voice, a, a mosaic voice, the voice of Moses, the voice of a Moses type figure, a, a mosaic voice. The words in all, almost all of Deuteronomy, to include today's text, y'all, are the words of Moses. It's, this, this is the voice of Moses. It is what I want to refer to as a mosaic voice. Moses represents the older generation. Hear me, please. The crowd that ain't going in. In our text, Moses is one man. I need every golden achiever to hear me. Because I know you're wondering, but what about us? Golden achievers, I got you. I got you. Moses is one man. In our present day context, we have a mosaic voice. A mosaic influence. A mosaic support. A mosaic generation that everyone on the come up needs in their lives. In other words, the Mosaic voice is not just one person. It is a generation who can empower the upcoming generation to conquer and keep what God has ordained. Our golden achievers, and for those of you who, who are part of our church family, our golden achievers is are members of our family who are age 60 and above. Our golden achievers have a Mosaic voice. Our older motivators who, who may have retired and aren't looking to work no, nor for promotions or, or any of that sort of thing have a mosaic voice. Folk who ain't really trying to get it no more. Folk, folk who ain't really worried about paychecks. They're in their retirement and have multiple checks coming in. Ain't punching no clock. Ain't about to punch no clock. Mosaic voices. Mosaic voices. Don't have to worry about carrying on a job because they ain't got no job, Tommy. Mosaic voices. They're, they're the ones who are a cloud of witnesses who declare if God helped them, he can help you too. If God delivered them, he can deliver you too. If God blessed their careers, he can bless yours too. If God could see them through their struggles, he could see you through yours too. Anyone who can do the following is that mosaic voice. That voice of Moses that can empower folks who are still on the come up. Let me tell you a couple of things about this mosaic voice and we're going to raise up. First of all, the mosaic voice puts the past in a proper perspective. The mosaic voice puts the past in a proper perspective. We need the mosaic voice. That voice of Moses, the one who's been around the block once or twice, who, who, who understands their day, the number of their days are limited. That there may be a future awaiting the next generation that's, that some of us may not be here to see it. But, it but, but he, he, he or she can put the past in a proper perspective. In the earlier chapters of Deuteronomy, Moses put their past in perspective by telling everyone how God moved back in the day. Some of these kids may have been aware of what God has already done. They're not starting from ground zero. All of them aren't totally oblivious to what God has done, but some of them are. Some of them, they're clueless. And, and then Moses even addressed some who were around when certain events took place, but they didn't see it as God doing it. Moses helps to put the past in a proper perspective. He, he, he helps them to see how God has moved in their, in their past. He told them how, how God delivered them from slavery. And, and God provided food for them to eat and water for them to drink. God fought their battles for them. God kept their clothes and shoes from wearing out. God gave them revelation. God showed himself strong and faithful and merciful and mighty. And all of this was for them, his people. 
when the past is out of perspective, when the past is out of perspective, it, it's like watching Power Book 2 with Tyreek and Tasha, and you've never watched Power with Ghost and Tommy and Tasha and Tyreek. You're going to be a little lost, and it will diminish all you can get out of future episodes. I need someone to understand you have some future episodes in your life. You, you have some future episodes of God moving on your behalf, but you've got to put the past, our past, and your past in proper perspective because when you look in the rearview mirror and you see how God has moved and made ways and opened doors and released miracles in your rearview mirror, when you look out the windshield, you can expect God to make ways. You can expect God to part red seas. You can expect God to drop miracles your way. Yeah, well, you got to put the past in proper perspective. You have more seasons to watch God work in your life that's full of twists and turns, bumps and bruises. But God is about to blow your mind and do exceeding abundantly above all you could ever ask or think. Let me ask your neighbor something, the person who's streaming with you. I know you got it all together, but let me ask the person who's streaming with you if, if, if they need to put the past in a proper perspective. Yeah, the past is in a proper perspective when you know it was the Lord who was with you. It was the Lord making deliverance happen. It was, it was the Lord manifesting miracles and, and fighting enemies and making ways out of no way. Don't you know it was the Lord who brought us out of slavery? It was the Lord who brought us through Jim and Jane Crow. It was the Lord who got the Civil Rights Act passed and the Voting Rights Act passed and the Fair Housing Act Past. It was the Lord who got glass ceilings broken in corporate America and politics and professional athletics. Elder Reagan, some of these young cats, they see black quarterbacks all through the NFL. They may not remember when it wasn't but maybe one or wasn't any at all. Yeah. Black quarterbacks in the NFL, black mayors leading major cities, black uh, and a black senator representing Georgia in Congress. It was the Lord who caused the black church to grow and advance his kingdom as we face all sorts of struggles. The mosaic voice, the mosaic voice, the voice of Moses the, puts, the, puts the past in perspective to make it clear that if God did it before, he can do it again. The same God who brought us from the bottom of slave ships to the top of national leadership is able to move on your behalf. It wasn't luck that put that sister, that AKA in the vice presidency. That was God. And so if you need a miracle, call him. If you need a way made, call him. If you need money for school, call him. If, if you need capital to get your business off the ground, call him. If you need your family saved, call him. And I need everybody who has seen God move in the past to let your voice be heard. You do not have the right to remain silent. Lend your voice to help folks on the come up to put the past in proper perspective. And not only that, the mosaic voice, the mosaic voice says, uh, it, the mosaic voice believes you can have what God says you can have. That mosaic voice, that voice of Moses, uh, he, he says, uh, you, he, he believes you can have, he believes, she believes, you can have what God says you can have. If you have your Bible or your app open, look at Deuteronomy 6 and 1. Deuteronomy 6 and 1, these are the commands, decrees, regulations that the Lord your God commanded me to teach you. You must obey them. Here it is. Moses believes they can have what God says they can have. He says, you must obey them in the land you are about to enter and occupy. 
Moses believed this generation could have what God said they could have. He, he, referred, he referred to Canaan as the land you are about to enter and occupy. In other words, y'all about to go in. I believe in y'all. Y'all can have it, and I'll do all I can to empower you to conquer and keep Canaan. When you have someone who believes in you and speaking life into you, it can help you with what you say to yourself while you on the come up. Dr. James E. Sturdivant said, you can create or cremate your future with what you say to yourself. The Mosaic voice ought to reinforce your faith in Canaan belonging to you. The Mosaic voice ought to convince you as you struggle and fight and wait and endure to say to yourself what God has said. Canaan belongs to you. I need somebody to just pause and type, and type in the comments, Canaan belongs to me. And say to yourself, declare Canaan belongs to me. To everyone on the come up, we believe in you. Golden achievers, motivators, believe in you. We believe you can have what God says you can have. You can have Canaan. You can have a blessed life. You can have a blessed family. You can have a blessed ministry. You can have a blessed business. You can live in a blessed city, a blessed state, a blessed nation. Your children can be blessed. Your grandchildren can be blessed. You can have what God says you can have. But don't get it twisted. Just because God said Israel could have Canaan didn't mean they would automatically receive it. They had work to do. They, they had to fight for it. And they had to fight against rebellion and other self-debilitating thinking and behavior that would work against them. You can believe God for an amazing future and have others to believe that you can have it. But all, we all need, listen, we all need help from a mosaic voice, a mosaic influence. Here it is. To help us mature and grow so that our faith ain't writing checks, our character can't cash. It's one thing to get Canaan. The question is not whether or not they could conquer Canaan. Moses is trying to help them conquer and keep Canaan. Anybody can get married. Can you stay married? Anybody can get a job. Can you keep the job? Anybody can start a business. Can you flourish in business? Anybody can be in ministry. Can you stay in ministry? The question is, you have faith for these things, but can your faith write checks that your character can cash? Moses believed in this generation, and he knew if they weren't careful, they would end up just like their parents. You can have what God says you can have. And then the Mosaic voice, the Mosaic voice repeats what God requires. The Mosaic voice repeats what God requires. He, uh, Moses is, is in verse 4, and he's, He's, he's not going to tell them what God requires. This, verses 4 and 5, are referred to as the Shema. The Shema. And this, and, and this is, I want to dissect the Shema. The Mosaic voice repeats what God requires. Three things here real quick and I'm done. Uh, what God requires, first of all, is be a hearer and a doer. Be a hearer and a doer. Verse 4, hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thine heart, with all thy soul, and with all thy might. When Moses told Israel to hear, listen, y'all, listen. When Moses told Israel to hear, he was repeating what God requires. Again, that word hear, the whole phrase, verses 4 and 5, are referred to as the Shema. This would be a daily recitation by many, of, many Orthodox Jews. A morning and night meditation, the Shema. But it comes from that word hear. 
The word here is interpreted from the Hebrew word Shema. C-S-S-H-E-M-A. S-H-E-M-A. Shema, to hear. To hear. But it's not just to hear casually. It is, it, it, it's, it's, listen, it is more than sounds beating on your eardrum. It is to hear and understand and obey what's heard. Shema means to be a hearer and a doer. We saw Shema the other day. We saw what hearing really looks like. We saw Shema, what it, what it really, the principle of it, at the U.S. Capitol the other day on January 6th. When Trump supporters or, or patriots or, or thugs or rioters or whatever, or, or whatever you want to call them heard 45 speak of the election being stolen from him, in response to what they heard, they descended on Washington, D.C. They descended to protest. Hearing his rhetoric not only brought them to the nation's capital, what they heard him say drove them to violence at, the, at, at Capitol Hill. The reason they behaved the way they did was because of what they heard him say. That's Shema. That's when you hear something and it drives your behavior. It moves you to action. It helps you to understand and obey. Jesus said, anyone who hears his teachings and doesn't do them is a fool. How foolish, Jesus? Jesus said, it's as foolish as someone who builds a house on sand. Their actions may not look foolish until they're, until they're tested by storms and winds and rain. Yeah, it looked fine. It looked like they're good to go. It looked like they're prospering until tough times come. The storms come and the winds blow on that house and destroy it. And um, I just want to raise a question. Is there anybody besides me who ever tried living like that? Well, you heard the words of Jesus, but really you wasn't studying Jesus. I'll be the only one. I'll be, Pastor Clark was the only one who's ever done that. Only, only one who's ever been foolish to hear, to know what Jesus said, to know what the word says, but decided, I'm good. I'm going to do this my way. The Lord says it's foolish to live that way. However, Jesus said whoever hears his teachings and obeys him, applies them, lives by them, is like a wise person. A wise person who builds his house, builds her house on a rock. It will stand the storms that come and the winds that blow. It will stand what comes to test it now and in all eternity. You need a mosaic voice to exhort you to hear and do. Are there any golden achievers or motivators or anybody who ever lived as a fool, but now you're living with wisdom? Now you know that it's better to live according to the word of God than it is to hear him and ignore him. Have any of y'all ever heard the word that chose to not do the word? Lend your voice and encourage everyone on the come up to hear and do what God says. Moses repeated it. He repeated what God requir requires. He told them, he told them to, to be hearers and doers. But not only that, not only that, he also told them to worship God and God alone. Yeah. Worship God and God alone. Worship God and God alone. In verse 4, hear, O Israel, here it is. The Lord our God is one Lord. Moses, what are you saying? Worship God and God alone. Hear, O Israel, hear and do. Be a hearer and doer, all right, of what? The Lord our God is one Lord. What are you telling me? Worship him and him alone. 
He's repeating what God required of his people. The Lord our God is one Lord. He and he alone deserves our faithful worship. Israel is in a covenant relationship with this God, Yahweh. Israel are his own special possession. They, they were to worship him and him alone as their God. This generation who was on the come up would get exposed to belief in other gods in Canaan. Scholars, scholars report that there may have been over 200 gods worshipped in Canaan. It would be up to the children of Israel to avoid the temptation to worship other gods. They would have to resist the urge to put their God, Yahweh, on a list of other gods like Baal, Asherah, or Dagon. Yahweh was not to be on any list, even if he was on the top of the list. Yahweh and Yahweh alone is God, the God they were to worship. He is the only one you and I are to worship as well. No matter how successful you become, God and God alone is worthy of our worship. Uh, no, listen, never, never become so successful that you need a religion you deem more sophisticated or contemporary. The Lord our God is one Lord. He is God and God alone. No matter how tough life gets, never forget the Lord our God is one Lord. He is God and God alone and he alone is worthy of our worship. He alone is worthy of our allegiance. You don't need him and voodoo. You are not to worship him and your money or your car or your following on social media. The Lord our God is one Lord. He is God and God alone. God's concern here is that nothing or no one pull his people away from allegiance to him and him alone. And this is my exhortation to everyone on the come up. Let nothing nor anyone pull you away from God. Not even a pandemic. I know you can't get to church like you used to. I know, I know streaming is optional. I know your parents don't make you stream the worship, but let me, let, me, let me put this out in the atmosphere. Listen, don't let this pandemic cause you to become more distant from God. Just because you can't come to church don't mean you can't get to God. Let nothing nor anyone pull you away from God. Don't let that new boo in your life pull you away from God. Don't let that new bay pull you away from God. No other God. There are no other gods besides him. He is God and God alone. He alone brought them out of Egypt. He alone worked the miracles when they needed them. He alone provided for them. He alone fought their battles. He alone kept their shoes and clothes from wearing out. He alone can hear our faintest cry and answer by and by. He alone can open doors no man can shut. He alone can make a way out of no way. Let me say it like Grandma them used to say it. Can't nobody do me like Jesus. Can't nobody do me like the Lord. Here's another song Grandma and them used to say. Nobody but you, Lord. Nobody but you. When I was in trouble, you brought me over. I wish I had some help in here. I'm trying not to holler. I'm supposed to be taking it easy. It's because of him and him alone that you are I'm about to, that you are about to go into the promised land. It's because of him. And when you get there and experience blessing like never before, when you get there and experience troubles like never before, remember, God is worthy of your worship in him alone. And then Moses finally, finally Moses says, love God. Love God. Here be a hearer and a doer. Worship God in him alone and then love God. 
Verse 5, and thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thine heart, with all thy soul, with all thy might. Love God with all of you. Love God like you John Legend. All of me loves all of you. Love God with all of you. All your heart. All your soul. All your might, the heart, some say, the heart is mentioned as the seat of the understanding. Love God with all your understanding. The soul, the soul is the center of the will and personality. personality. Love God with your will and your personality. The might is representing the outgoings and energies of all the vital powers. Love God with all your energy, all your strength, while you still have strength. All of you. All of you, all your fears, all your weaknesses, all your unanswered questions, all your pain, all your secrets, all your hopes, all your dreams. Love God with all of you. On the school bus, love God. In the cafeteria, love God. In the locker room, in the dorm room, on social media, love God with all of your heart. All of your soul, all of your might. Love God with all of you. Listen, when you're in love with Bay, after y'all break up, love God with all of you. When you get that good paying job with all of those perks, love God. When Karen and them keep coming for you, respond as one who loves God with all of you. This love that God requires is not a warm, fuzzy feeling about God. It is a love that translates into a yes. This love puts a yes, Lord, in all your heart, in all your soul, and in all your might. Yes to your will. Yes to your way. Yes, I'll trust you. Yes, I'll obey. You cannot claim to love God and live a life of disobedience. I'm going to say that one more again. You cannot claim to love God and live a life of disobedience. Jesus said, if you love me, you'll keep my commandments. Loving God puts a yes in your heart, a yes in your soul, a yes in your might. In other words, it's, it's yes when they treat me right. Yes when they lie on me. Yes when the police arrest me. Yes when the police assist them. Yes, yes, when they escort them out the building. Yes, when they took me out the building in a body bag. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. Yes, Lord, although we're rioters when we protest. Yes, Lord, although they're patriotic when they protest. Yes, Lord, when we lose the election. Yes, Lord, when we win. Yes. Yes. But let me ask y'all a question. Let, let, let me just ask, I'm about to close, but let me ask y'all a question. Why love this God? Why love this God who allowed our ancestors to be enslaved in Egypt? Why love this God who allowed the Egyptians to kill our baby boys when we kept multiplying? Why love this God who allowed our oppressors to intensify the oppression when they were intimidated by our growth? Why love this God who had us wandering in the wilderness for the past 40 years? Why should anybody black love this God? With our history of slavery, lynchings, civil rights struggles, current prison industrial complex, 
housing so many of our black men, so many black families headed by single women, so many black households wallowing in poverty. Why should we love this God and love him with all of us? I got one answer. Because he first loved us. <laughs> because he first loved us. God loved Israel. That's why he chose them. That's why he handpicked them to be his own people. He did it because he loved them. There was nothing significant about them. There was really nothing special about them. God chose them because of how he had made a covenant with Abraham. They weren't comparatively a large nation. They didn't have a powerful military. They didn't have a strong economy. They had nothing. They had nothing, y'all. They weren't about nothing. But he chose them because of a promise, again, that he made to Abraham and his loving Israel is God keeping his promise to Abraham. They rebelled against him, but he still loved them. They had rejected Canaan and was ready to return to Egypt, but God still loved them. They didn't trust him to help them conquer Canaan and complain that he hated them and wanted to destroy them, but God still loved them. And I don't know about you, but Israel's resume sounds just like mine. God chose me simply because he loves me. Wasn't nothing significant about me. Was, there was nothing special about me. I had nothing going for myself. I've rebelled against him. I turned down what he offered me. I rejected him when he wanted me to receive him. But despite all of that, he loved me. At times, I haven't trusted him as I should, but he still loves me. So the reason why I love God is because he first loved me while I was yet a sinner. He demonstrated his love toward me in Jesus Christ dying for my salvation. I don't know about y'all, but in Sunday school, they taught me a song. Oh, how I love Jesus. Oh, how I love Jesus. Oh, how I love Jesus. Because he first loved me. When I wasn't about nothing, he loved me. When I wasn't hitting on nothing, he loved me. When I wasn't really about nothing, he loved me. He loved me so much he took nails in his hands from me. Took nails in his feet from me. Took a spear in his side from me. He hung blood and died from me. Can I get a witness here? He was buried in a grave from me. But early Sunday morning, I'm supposed to take it easy. Early Sunday morning. Hallelujah. Because he loved me. Because he loved you. He got up with all power. All power. All power. Power to turn back the hands of racism. All power. Power to turn back the power of your oppressors. All power. All power to heal you of COVID. All power to heal you of cancer. All power to fix your broken heart. All power to mend your demented mind. All power. I wish I had some help. Is there anybody here who knows God has all power? He demonstrated his power. He first loved me. He first loved me. That's why I love him. He first loved me. Hallelujah. So what does all of this imply? One very important note. You're about to go in. You're about to go into a place that God has reserved for you. He's not going to just give it to you. You're going to have to fight for it. 
You're going to have to work toward it. And you need a mosaic voice, someone, someone who can put your past in proper perspective to share with you how God has moved on our behalf back in the day, how he moved on your behalf back in the day. And if you look in your rearview mirror and you see God moving, when you look through the windshield, you ought to expect God to move. You need a mosaic voice, someone who realizes, somebody like me, who realizes, I may not be here too much longer. I don't know. But what I do know is, I believe in you. You can have what God says you can have. I want you to get it. I want you to get it. But I want you to hear God. I need to repeat what God requires. Listen. Hear God. Be a hearer and a doer. Worship God and worship Him alone. And love God with all of you. Because He first loved you. You're about to go in. But here's, here's, the, here's the major implication. I need everybody to hear me. Turn it down just a little bit. I need everybody to hear me. Since you're about to go in, I need every, every young adult, every high school senior especially, to hear me. Since you're about to go in, you got to stop wandering in the wilderness. The wandering must stop today. Going from job to job, couch to couch, house to house. You fall out with your lady. You go into your homeboy house. You fall out with your homeboy. Back to your parents. Listen, those same experts that say that you probably won't accumulate wealth, probably will never own your own home, they, they project more of y'all going to be living with your mama's name than previous generations. It's time out for this wandering. It's time out for living as if you ain't got no direction in your life. And I'm going to say this, I don't mean to hurt anybody's feelings. I don't mean to offend anyone. I hope to wake somebody up. And if you're 25, 30 years old, working a job where someone else determines how many hours you get, and you don't have any benefits, you, don't have, you got a job and you don't have a career, you are wandering in the wilderness. It's time for that to stop. You can't go in and wander in the wilderness at the same time. You got to decide either I'm going in or I'm just going to keep wandering. And I know too many young adults with amazing potential, with amazing promise, who's just wandering in the wilderness. The wandering must stop. Stop it today. You got to stop it. You can't blame your daddy who wasn't there. We could blame your mama who keeps coddling you and enabling you. Stop wandering. Stop wandering. Live with some direction as if you're headed towards something, as if, as if you want to climb a ladder and, and, have, and have the abundant life in Jesus Christ with, with tangible and intangible blessing. Amen. Y'all forgive me. I know some of y'all, I know some of y'all, you just, all you want from God is anointing and favor. Let me preach to folk who want anointing, favor, and their own home. I know some of y'all, you're okay. You don't have any health insurance. You just, you trust God to be your Jehovah Rofa, your Je Jehovah, your healer. That, praise God. Let me talk to some folk who are frustrated because they can't, they can't afford health insurance, but they want it. It trips me out. Let me say this. It trips me out. How some of the stuff I preach about for the people of God to get, 
I get criticized by ministers, by men and women of God. I get criticized as if God ain't about blessing with that stuff. But then my question is, don't you have it? I can't tell somebody else to get a car while you driving a car. I can't tell somebody else how God can bless them with a home, but you have a home. I can't tell anybody else how God can bless them with retirement and, and health insurance, but you have retirement and health insurance. How are you going to criticize me for telling somebody else how God can bless them to get what you got? God wants you to be in good health. God wants you to have health insurance where you, God, God wants you to be blessed. God wants you to have shelter over your head. God wants you to be able to have your needs met where you ain't got to struggle and wonder, how am I going to take care of this? How am I going to take care of that? How am I going to send my child off to school? How am I going to be able to retire one day? I believe God wants you to be blessed. You either go in or you keep wandering. I want to declare and decree your wandering must stop today. Today. You need some stability. I don't know who I'm talking to. You need some stability in your life. Time out for the wandering. These are people who, who, who where God was saying, you're wandering days are over you're about to go in and please keep in mind and I'm done your parents could have had what you about to get but they acted like they didn't want it so it's your turn it's your turn it's your time you're about to go in this has been Dr. David Anthony Clark of the Union Grove Missionary Baptist Church of Warner Robins Georgia we thank you for listening. If you're ever in the Middle Georgia area, please worship with us. On the behalf of Dr. Clark and the Union Grove family, thank you for listening.